I'm Sue. And I'm Abigail. Welcome Welcome to Two Two of a Kind, a podcast where we'll explore all things business, all things web, and and tons of things life. So we're going to chat about ways that you can take your business from okay to oh wow. So sit back, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and let's learn together on Two Two of of a Kind. Well, here we are. Hey, Abigail, I've noticed there's like a little teeny tiny lump on your jaw. Girl, what's going on? I'm slowly becoming a chipmunk. (laughs) (laughs) No, the real answer is I have an infection since I got my wisdom teeth out. It's this whole mess, but I got, you know, some prescriptions for it. It's going to go away soon. And I'm excited for that. Thank God for those prescriptions. You sound good. You're talking good. Yes. I can't open my mouth wider than a (laughs) centimeter, but I am here. Well, we'll get through this today. Uh, Let's segue into this question because I'm actually really excited about this one. Okay. So we had a question that came through that said, how do I deal with an employee or a work partner after we had a not so great confrontation? I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. I've been there before. Oh, me too. I think... The biggest thing I think about in these scenarios is pick your battles. Mm -hmm. You know, is this really one that's worth hashing it out? I'm not really necessarily one that likes confrontation. So a lot of the times when I think about it, it's not necessarily worth it, but sometimes it is. Yes. Well, as humans, we get so defensive and we tend to think that we need to win every single battle. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) Yeah. But if, if we don't, then we think we're weak. And, you know, that's just the kind of world we live in. I mean, look at social media and sitcoms. They're all telling us, you know, you need to win, 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 win. So we put on our armor and we create this daily stance for battle. And it's just not working because we end up with battleground fatigue, just like, you know, our listener with this question. That's what she has. Yeah. Well, I think just coming up with some ways to know, I think picking your battles is good. But another phrase my mom used to use as a kid is not my monkey. Not my monkey? Yeah. So like (laughs) in reference to, you know, keeping my room clean Mm -hmm. and chores, she would just say, not my monkey. And I knew she was saying, that's not my responsibility. That's yours. Mm. But it was a much softer way to say it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think we just need to start to pause for the cause to give this listener, you know, a a bigger answer and to review our motivation. Ask ourselves, is this really the problem or something else bothering me? Is this really a battle that we want to fight? Yeah. So we've sat down, Abigail, and we've come up with three ways that the listener can begin with. Yeah. As far as the three ways, um, I think that I like to call this one the sandwich method. Mm. So if someone says something or calls me out, maybe in a rude way, even if they reference their own emotion or they don't, I may apologize, you know, for making them feel that way first or just validate their feelings, Mm -hmm. then bring up the thing I'm really trying to say and then end it with more acknowledgement of what they're feeling so that they don't feel like I pushed that aside, but I still get to say what I feel like I need to say without it seeming too aggressive. So the sandwich is kind of like emotion, your thoughts, and then emotion. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. It kind of even feels a little bit like a method I use, feel, felt, found. I know how you feel. I felt the same way and explain it, and this is what I found. So it kind of brings a little bit of humanness to the confrontation. Yeah. So 
I think the first step, right, is to be able to begin these ways, these three ways, is we need to have courage to call a meeting. You know, no one wants to step on those eggshells forever. And the longer we let things permeate, it begins to cook and smells and just gets pretty rank. And, you know, <laughs> yes. you see that person coming down the hall or down the street and you avoid them. We don't want that. Right. So what's our first way? Well, you, I love the, I love the phrase you said, validate your quasi opponent. Mm -hmm. Tell me what is quasi opponent? Well, you know, we're looking at them as our opponent and Mm. they're not really our opponent. You know, they're just someone who has a different view and their point is valid to them. Yeah. So even though we do not agree with it, let's validate their opinion. Yeah. Because my grandpa used to say, you know, Opinions are like butts. Everyone's got one. That's right. (laughs) It's so true. And we have a lot of them, don't we? Right. So, and I think the second way is to say your point, but this is what's so important. Stick to the facts, not emotions. Because if we explain and stick to the facts and we don't bring in all of our triggers and all that other stuff, which we're going to talk a lot about later too, but if we stick to the facts and not our emotions, I think we're going to be able to hear that person a little bit more clearly. Yeah. And I think when they feel heard, some of that barriers start to fall down. Yes. Because they understand we're actually listening. We're not just listening to respond and like shoot back all of our negative comments. So, and then the last one is to suggest something that you can both do together instead of agreeing to disagree. I sometimes feel that that can be a cop out. I mean, it's important in some situations, but This is someone that you need to work with and work on projects with, and you want to have a respectful relationship together. So I think we need to come to some kind of common ground, and I think that common ground and finding some similarities will cause us to agree, not just agree to disagree. Yeah, like come to some kind of agreement, not necessarily, you know, agree to disagree, But just come to some point, whether it's let's sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk this out, or why don't you call me? If this is happening over email or text, I will not do something like this over that. I will always say, hey, you know, it sounds like you're frustrated. Why don't we hop on a call? Why don't we, let's talk on the phone. I think talking on the phone or talking in person is so much better. Oh, yeah. So women tend to be much better at this than men and because we don't feel a huge need to like bang our chest and hoot and holler. We want fruition. So I hope that these three ways have helped you validate your opponent, stick to the facts, not emotions, and suggest something that you both can agree on together. That's our answer to your question today. Today's gadget is so much fun, Abigail. It's called the birdie, a small device, a big peace of mind. And I love their their um, their definition. It says, meet the personal safety alarm made for women by women. This colorful alarm has a 130 decibel alarm and a flashing strobe light designed to deter an attack. And you're going to love this. It says, when in doubt, pull it. <laughs> I love their slogan, one, because it's easy to remember, Mm -hmm. but it also makes total sense when you see the product. I also really love like, yeah, tell them about that. Like, what are they pulling? They're pulling, oh, I don't know what the name for it is, but it looks, it almost looks like a can of pepper spray, but Mm -hmm. you're not spraying something. You're just pulling out a piece that 
makes the alarm go off. Yeah, and it's so cute. It's colorful and everything. I love I love that. So t- tell them what the description says. I love this. So yeah, the description on their website it makes it very easy to understand. It says, mm-hmm. feeling uncomfortable? Trust your gut. Activate Birdie to create a diversion and bring all eyes on you. Pull the top to start a loud siren and flashing strobe light. When you feel safe, reinsert the top to deactivate the alarm. Yeah, and it comes on a key ring that you can grab anywhere. This is so much better than struggling for pepper spray. I mean, women today, especially women in business, we could find ourselves in some gnarly places after meetings or, you know, we have a lot of clients that are real estate agents and even just walking in an area in the daytime that can be a bit sketch. Yeah. You know, And this, I love this. What if you're in physical pain and you can't call out and something just happened and you're on a busy street? It's kind of like the, I've fallen and can't get up for young people alarm. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great gadget, Abigail. It really is. And I honestly really enjoyed reading through the reviews on their website too. One that stood out to me, talked about this girl, she was getting out of her car and someone weirdly approached her driveway Mm. and just kind of stood there and she just didn't feel safe. So she activated Birdie and they literally sped walked away and never came back. And so I think in like those scenarios when you don't necessarily need to use a knife or pepper spray or call 911 when you just Mm -hmm. feel just a little unsure, I think, you know, trust your gut, activate the little alarm. And if they scurry away, you made the right choice. You know what I'm thinking? What? (laughs) What if I'm not feeling well and, you know, I'm stuck in my bedroom thinking about all that time during the pandemic when I was sick? I'd just sit there and if I needed something from my husband, I'd just pull the alarm. Honestly, I think you should get it and we should just make a video of this because I'm definitely getting one. This is going to be a lot of fun. Well, if you want to find more information on this gadget, you can find their Instagram. It's at she's underscore birdie, or you could even search their hashtag chirp loudly, which I also love. That's genius. Mm -hmm. Chirp loudly. Go out and get one today. Today's theme is how to have a successful disagreement. Now, I've been obsessed lately with a classic book that I read in my youth, Dale Carnegie. He's just amazing. Oh my gosh, there's so many tools. And I actually have that on my list of books on my blog if anybody is interested in it. Even if you read it years ago, there's so much new stuff that you can apply today. So the book that he wrote, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, his advice, (laughs) his advice on having a successful argument is pretty profound. Avoid having one. Honestly, I love that because you know me, I am the least confrontational person you've ever met. (laughs) Sometimes though, disagreements can be fruitful and even necessary. Like you and I have never, ever had an unsuccessful disagreement. No. No. And we've definitely had disagreements. Yes, definitely. But it's never been aggressive or Mm -hmm. charged with anger. It's always been... Okay, that's what you're saying. Let me let me figure out how I can understand this better. And we talk through it and we both learn things from it. Well, I've definitely learned from our times together and we definitely have a couple years in between us. So sometimes just even be able to understand each other. So we've come up with um, 10 ways. And Abigail, I think we could come up with 20. Oh, for sure. So we're going to try to get through these 10 ways. Um, Let's dig into this. So the very first one, oh, this is so important. Cut out the you. 
I love this because if you're having a conversation and you start with you statements, mm-hmm. well, you said da 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 da, or I saw in your email, like mm-hmm. referencing your email, <laughs> yeah. you said da da da, because then you're instantly up, you're fa- facing away from them. They even say when you're having a conversation with someone and you're having a disagreement, if you're sitting on the opposite side and your body language, you're yes. folding your arms, even that can be really intimidating. Well, it causes the other person to be defensive. I mean, whenever you say the word you, I, it's like you're pointing right away. Right. And I always used to say to my kids, you have three fingers pointing back at you. Mm. So be so careful when you say you. You, you quote unquote, when <laughs> you say you, may just be starting a fight even if you don't mean to. Oh, for sure. Just by using that word. All right. Our number two is listen, clarify, and ask if you are correct. Mm, that's going to take some, you know, a humble attitude, a humble heart with that one. It's true. Sometimes we may sit there and say, this is what I thought. Here comes at you again. This is what I thought you said. And then we start our little mini war inside of us. But if we would stop, and you know my, my phrase that I love to always say, same letters in the word listen are in the word Silent. Silent. Absolutely. So we have to listen and silently see if what they're saying is what we've heard. Right. Yeah. Because we try to, you know, listen in between what they're saying, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not everyone does that. But I think us women can tend to do that. Or we think, oh, they said this. Do they really mean it this way? That kind of a thing. I think what we've done and we've started to do in our lives is we listen to reply instead of listen to listen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to clarify. And the only way to clarify, you know, it'd be like, Abigail, I heard this. Is this what you mean? Oh, definitely. Because you're also giving them a chance to re-say what they said in a different way. I like that. Re-say what they said. Because if you repeat it, you're going to have a better time in understanding it. So be a good listener. Please be a good listener. I'd be so much less war if we were just better listeners. For sure. So the third way is to have rational facts and evidence to support your side. I love this one. I can't tell you how many disagreements I've been in that they say, you always da 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 And I'm like, mm. always? Come on. It's mm-hmm. never always. Well, I think those are other words. My daughter, Julia, says, please never use the words always or never. Definitely. She'll go, really? Always? Really? Never? I'm always like, okay, give me a list. And then we're really in a disagreement (laughs) that's not going well. Well, if we have rational facts, so rational takes away from us having that huge emotion that we're just spouting off at the top of our lungs, that we're having rational facts. And listen, if you're a person that struggles with those rational facts and you're all over the place, write them down. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, supporting the rational facts, that other person might understand you a little bit le- a little bit better if you if things are rational. Right, right. Yeah. And not all triggered by the negative emotion. That's right. The, the next one, number four, is let past dogs lie. 
We bring things up and we'll go, there's this thing called tit for tat. It drives me insane. Where we'll say, oh, you know, this happened. And the other person will say, well, do you remember when you did this? And brings up all this stuff from the past. When we bring up the past, we have such a hard time looking forward. Oh, for sure. And you're unraveling a bunch of more cans of beans. Yes. <laughs> that may not necessarily need to be brought up in oh, that moment. And, and you're starting that that inward disagreement, starting that feeling that you have inside, like, oh my gosh, I'm being attacked. I'm being attacked. I'm gonna put my armor back on. As a coach, I don't deal with the past. We use it just to remember, but we work in the present and in the future. So, so many times, Abigail, if I asked you, could you drive a car looking in the rearview mirror? Absolutely not. No, we'd be all over the place. I can hardly back into a parking place. (laughs) (laughs) Front way, all the way. So we can't look forward if we're bringing up the past. Yeah, there's a reason the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield. Yes. Says, oh, I like that. Say that again. I just caught that. There's a reason the rear view mirror is smaller than the windshield. That's profound. All right. Now, number five, don't hide things under the rug. Mm. If there's something that you want to say, say it. Don't hide it. And especially, I do a lot of couples coaching. And if you hide it under the rug, I'll tell them in the middle of the night, you're going to wake up and you're going to trip over that thing. Something will come up, you won't get sleep, you might both be sleeping on one quarter of an inch on the side of the bed. I mean, it can be pretty frustrating. So don't do that. Right. Yes. Do not do this. I think the other thing that this reminds me of is there's a scripture that talks about never letting the sun go down on your anger. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't necessarily mean work it all out in the moment. Right. You know, keep it on the table, not under the rug, meaning keep the lines of communication open. Find a way to let the anger go and discuss with the person that we will rediscuss or revisit this issue tomorrow or at a later time, but allow yourself the time to let the anger go so that you can go to sleep, Mm -hmm. which is very important to me. (laughs) Yeah. Very much into my sleep. So if it's an argument that's going late into the night, a lot of the times I'll say, hey, let's set this down for now and let's rediscuss when it's not late. We're not tired. We're not angry. And we can actually talk about this and get to a resolution. Well, I have a great tool that I use with my marriage coaching clients, and I know this is going to sound funny, but it works. We call it the touch tool, that even if you are in a disagreement, and like you said, you're not going to let the sun go down on your anger, and you'll agree to discuss it at another time. Don't put it under the rug. Right. But that each person reaches out and they touch the other person. It might be where you touch hands together or I have a client right now and they're like, well, we just let our feet touch for a moment. It's just that touch to acknowledge that that other person is valid. Mm, I love that. And that's, I mean, that takes, you got to come to a point where you're a little bit at peace to give a hug or just do, I love that they just let their feet touch. They don't, they're not forcing each other to do a hug. No, (laughs) They're just like, we're touching. It's fine. We'll talk about this later. And magic happens when there's touch. Sometimes we're going to talk about a tool at the very end of these 10 ways that is pretty amazing to use. But I always say that sometimes that touch can involve like 
making a bigger family. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yes. So number six is acknowledge and understand the other point of view. Mm. As we talked about in the question for our, our, our listener that she asked, that we need to look for similarities, not just differences. I love that. Yeah. What do you like? Tell me more. Like, look for similarities. How? Well, let's say, for example, that I was talking with um, someone that I was in a project with. Okay. I work with a television show once in a while. And there was something that I literally disagreed so heartily with and thought, this is going to end up in failure. And that the producer, was like, no, Sue, I believe that your side is going to end up in complete failure. So we literally have to come to a conclusion and we look for the similarities, not the differences. Mm. And we've done this for 12 years and it's really worked. Again, that it's not that agree to disagree, but it's looking for the similarities. And then we're able to create another option and another solution. I used to say when I was a, a youth minister to the young um, kids, don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with two or three solutions to the problem, and then we can work it out. Ooh, that's so good. So I also think, Abigail, that we need to think before we speak. Oh, for sure. I mean, that always makes me think of that quote, you know, like, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? I think they call this the think yes. method or it's something. Like, yeah. I mean, it's an acrostic by using the word think. True, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind. And if we literally just think about this, if we thought and applied this to everything we said, probably 90% of the things that we say that's derogatory, we would never say. Right. This honestly would be really good for anyone who gossips Mm -hmm. just to think about this too. That's good. Or someone that has anger issues. Is it kind? There are so many bullies out in the world and it's not just in schools. There's a lot of bullies in the workplace. I'm actually writing a TV episode right now called The Bully. And it's not just about young people bullying young people. It's about people in the workplace that bully people in the workplace. I love that because it's so common. It's more common than you think. I mean, look at what's happening in the world today and all the disagreements and all the wars. Look really closely and you can find the bullies. So we need to think before we speak. That's such a good one. So what's what was number seven again? Number seven is keep calm and don't blink. <laughs> it's a reference to... That's a reference to all my Doctor Who fans. I love that. Okay, so tell me, is Doctor Who a band or a show? I know I've heard the reference, though. You know what? I I wonder if it is a band, but I was referring to the show. This is so cool. Abigail, seriously, we're going to have to find some time and sit down and watch this. This is such a bunny trail. But Doctor Who is like this British science fiction television program. And it's been going on, oh my gosh, like since... I was a kid and it depicts the adventures of this 
time lord and he's called the doctor, but the doctor's never always the same person. And he's this extra, what do they call it? Extraterrestrial being who appears to be human. And he explores the universe in this time traveling spaceship that is like an old telephone booth from Britain. And it's called the TARDIS. And it's bigger on the inside than on the outside. What? Okay. Yes. Can we have a movie night? Yes. Because I want to watch this. Yes, definitely. That's good. So I'll, let's go back to the reference. <laughs> keep calm and don't blink. And the biggest thing of this is keep calm. I mean, whenever we have that anger that just builds up inside of us, nothing is has fruition. Nothing does. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, if I'm I'm getting frustrated and there's an argument or a conversation happening, I literally will shut down the whole thing until mm-hmm. I feel like I'm at peace. Because if I have anxiety or anger, I'm going to say things I don't mean. And I would rather say nothing at all than say something that I can't ever take back. Well, this goes, and I understand that completely because the words that come out, I used to tell my kids that there's a little bag that's inside of us near our heart. And it's this beautiful little velvet bag and you can put words in, but anything that you say, nothing can come back out. Mm. So we got to be so careful what we say and what we put in that little velvet bag. But we need to be able to realize too, the Enneagram deals with anger in every single type. And there are some types that really have anger issues. And if that is you, seriously recognize it and get help. If you feel that boiling coming up, maybe there's some anger management or some tools that you need. Grab a great coach or just don't put that part underneath the rug. Don't just say, oh, that's just me. Because tomorrow can be a new day and your relationships can be made new also. So the next one is be aware of your own triggers, feelings and triggers. Here we come. Yes. (laughs) So there are triggers that could set us off and we need to be aware of them. Like if someone brings something up or there is a word or a phrase, or sometimes there's even a smell. There's like physical, it it does all the touches whenever we have triggers. Yeah. All the senses. Well, I know there's been multiple times where people have said things to me that maybe they didn't mean to trigger, Mm -hmm. but I felt the trigger of anger in myself and I had to realize they don't even know that bringing up this topic is a trigger for me. And I had to figure out how to sort through that before I responded back in anger that they didn't even understand like where that was coming from. Well, you mentioned something to me earlier that when someone says this phrase to you, it was something to do about the wrong way to make ends versus the right way. Tell Mm -hmm. me about what that trigger is for you. Oh, yeah. So if someone says, I'm sorry you feel that way, versus I'm sorry I made you feel that way. Mm -hmm. To me, that's them getting out of actually admitting that they caused those feelings. If Mm -hmm. someone's angry or upset, what you said or did, did upset them, whether you meant to or not. So it's a lot easier to say, I'm really sorry I made you feel that way. Mm -hmm. And that's acknowledging your mistake. Even if you didn't make, it didn't, it's okay if you didn't mean to make that mistake, but acknowledge it. Don't say, I'm sorry you feel that way. You can't apologize for someone else's emotions. Right. 
I could rent on that. I know. Well, see, that's your trigger. And that one's actually good advice both ways. The first person needs to realize, first of all, they said the word you. Oh, true. Yes. And they need to realize, but knowing that that was your trigger, like that is something I will never say to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I know. And I will always say, I'm so sorry, Abigail, that that brought up feelings inside of you that way. Yeah. Um, Tell me how I could have rephrased that. And that's having a conversation within that disagreement. And you're showing that you care. I can hear even just you saying that. We're not talking about it. Like we're not having that conversation, but I can hear that you care. I love that. So we have to look beyond our own triggers and care. Right. Number nine is to take responsibility. And I use a tool for this. I call it the, it's, 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 I wish it was an easier word, but it's an acrostic. It's A-E-E-M. And I use it a lot in marriage coaching. And the men will say, it's the ahum. And the women say, <laughs> it's the amen. <laughs> <laughs> so the A stands for the very first thing. Now, whenever you utilize this tool in a disagreement... And it really goes along with everything that we've saying, not letting the sun go down on your anger, keep calm, don't blink, blah, blah, blah. But the first thing is, is you look at the other person and say, I need 30 minutes. Mm. And they realize you've worked on this tool together and they realize 30 minutes, you're going to both come back together. And whoever called that stoppage saying, mm-hmm. I need 30 minutes, they start with the first letter. And the first one is, I admit, my wrongdoings in this disagreement. Mm, So they're taking responsibility. They're taking responsibility. And it could be that they walked away. I admit that I walked away and caused this disagreement to go even more. I admit that I rolled my eyes and I wasn't completely listening to what you had to say. I got in trouble for that (laughs) so much as a kid. (laughs) Or you could admit, I, I had, I admit, I was triggered by what you said. So that first one's very important. Mm -hmm. Now, the next one is the next E, and it's explain. Now, this is the magic of using this tool. The other person is not responding while you're doing the A-E-E-M. They're listening to what you have to say. So the E is you're explaining why you reacted that way and explain what you were trying to say. Now, Try not to get whiny in this and, you know, accuse and don't, please don't use, as we said before, the word you, but explain your part. Yeah. I was freaked out by that conversation because it meant that there was going to be so much work for me to be able to do, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, or Mm -hmm. something like that. You're explaining why you got frustrated. Now, the next E in the A-E-E-M is express remorse. I'm sorry for my part in this. I'm sorry that we got to this place and that I added to it because there's no disagreement that's just one person. Oh, for sure. Well, I love even just saying I'm sorry that I added to it. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. I think this really would take, uh, you know, you've got to humble yourself. You have to humble yourself. For sure. And the last one, and I sometimes will call this the baby maker, it's called make amends. (laughs) Baby maker. (laughs) That's great. And we humble ourselves, like you said, and we say, let's put this together in a way that we can both 
come out of this feeling good about ourselves and each other. You make amends. In marriage coaching, I'll have them face face each other in a chair and proceed with the AEM. Abigail, you would not believe how many times it is so difficult for a couple who have been married, let's say 12, 15 years, to face each other Mm. and to go through this AEM. But when they have, it makes all the difference. You see, that one person has just been done, right? And they made amends. Guess who goes next? The other person. The other person. Well, it gives them both a chance to speak their heart, you Mm -hmm. know, really speak why. I think um, I know someone who's, I'm not going to say names, but I know someone whose biggest pet peeve is being misunderstood. Mm. Gosh, being misunderstood makes you feel like you're less than and not seen, not understood, and that you don't matter. Yeah, and I think with this, there's really no way that you'll be misunderstood unless you need to go through it again and re-talk about why, you know, this is what you said, this is how it made me feel. Maybe you didn't mean for it to sound that way, but here's how I took it. Mm -hmm. Even that kind of a thing helps too. Well, it brings such a true connection when we admit, explain, express remorse, and make amends. So we've given you 10 ways to be able to have a successful disagreement. They can be healthy if you do it the right way. Enjoy these words from one of our friends. Hello, I am Jenna Dechtebrun. I am the owner of Mealtown Kids Casual Drop-Off Child Care. We are an as-needed child care facility located in Murray County. We provide a fun and safe space for your children to play while you get things done. Whether that's running errands, going to appointments, getting house projects done, or going on date nights, we are here for you. So make sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. For more information, go to our website at www.mealtownkids.com. Thanks, two of a kind. So our resource for today comes from the author that Sue referenced in our episode earlier. Mm-hmm. His name is Dale Carnegie. He has so much wisdom. I, I'm, I'm telling you, if any of you ever have a chance to listen to the um, Audible, it's just so totally amazing. So he put together something called the Golden Book, and it is a free guide, and it's entitled Dale Carnegie's Golden Book. And it's many different ways on you know how to be a better person and how to become a friendlier person and how to win friends and influence people, et cetera. But uh, you know, we had talked earlier in a different episode about how we like sound bites. Well, he does speak in sound bites. So for those of you that like that, you'll love listening to Dale Carnegie. Abigail, let's just pop off the top 10 principles that he listed to becoming a friendlier person. So number one is don't criticize, condemn, or complain. See mm. to the third power. Criticize, condemn, or complain. I think that definitely is a way to be able to become a friendlier person. Don't do those things. Right, right, for sure. So number two is give honest and sincere appreciation. Mm, I love that. There's a there's a quote that says gratitude interrupts anxiety. Mm. Oh wow. So sometimes if we can just get to the place of 
maybe you're really irritated at someone, but think <laughs> about what do you appreciate about them? That can actually definitely funnel in some peace and calm you down a little bit. Right. Who needs drugs when we just have gratitude? Gratitude. Yeah. So number three is arouse in the other person an eager want. That is so kind because you, first of all, are knowing what the other person wants and you are speaking to them, even, even as salespeople, if you arouse in the other person an eager want, instead of just trying to sell them something, you're showing them something that they really need. You're arousing in them an eager want. I love that. I think that's especially good. I use that in my client calls because, oh my goodness, the amount of information that I know about web design, I try to start with them first. Like, what, what's your goal? What are you dreaming up? What's the main thing you want to come from this website? And then from what they say, that's what I expound on. Not necessarily what I think they should want because I want to bring out whatever they want. I want to solve their problem. Happy client, happy life. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and number four is become genuinely interested in other people. Just imagine, Abigail, if we were genuinely interested in other people, we would listen to them. We would care what they had to say. We would look at them and say, you matter just by our speech and our body language. Yeah, I think that's so beneficial. I mean, I use that in ways of how, how I connect with people on Instagram. That's how I start. I mean, one of my number one clients that comes back over and over again for the last two years, we met because I was genuinely interested in her and I commented on some of her photos. That's how the connection started. So that is probably one of my favorites of this whole list. Well, our next one is number five, smile. If you ask my girls, this is one of my favorite things to do. I've never met a stranger, and I've told my daughters from a young age, if someone doesn't have a smile, give them yours. Aw, I love that. And number six is remember that a person's name is so important. It's the sweetest and most important sound in any language. I know. Do you ever notice I say your your name a lot? I'll say Abigail because I really, really love and appreciate you. Well, I love that you say it too because sometimes if I'm trailing off, I'm looking at her notes or looking at you, you say Abigail and I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> well, that comes into number seven, be a good listener and encourage others to talk about themselves. Mm. So many times we literally become our own worst enemy by talking just about us. It's so in a, to be a friendlier person, we need to be able to talk to other people about themselves. And guess what? They need to acknowledge that and then turn it and then give us an opportunity to talk about ourselves also. Right. There's nothing I hate more than someone who will sit and talk about themselves for 30 minutes straight mm-hmm. and not come up for air. I don't really care what they're saying. At 30 minutes, I'm like, okay, We're done. we get it. You're cool. You've done a lot of cool things. Mm-hmm. Like, what? where is this conversation going? Well, it leads us into number eight, talk in terms of the other person's interests. Mm. And the only way to know another person's interest is to know the other person. Right. Ask questions. Have Ask a conversation. <laughs> That's right. Number nine is make the other person feel important. 
and do it sincerely. Mm, yeah, being genuine, authentic in that. You can't really, you can't fake that. I know some people who will say compliments, but they're not, they don't even believe it. They're just trying to find a way to connect with someone. And I'm just like, be genuine. You can find something to compliment that's actually true. That's right. Be genuine. And lead us out with number 10. So 10 is avoid an argument before it begins. Oh, this is one we really need to be able to take to task and have that be on our plate for this year. There's so many more in this golden book. And as I said before, it can be found on my blog, theinnervision.com with a Z slash blog. Well, as always, I learned so many new things through our podcast. Even revisiting things that I've already known before Mm -hmm. deepens my knowledge on it, helps me remember it better. And you know me, I love to learn. So Mm -hmm. this was really fun. So why don't we close out today with a really good quote? Okay, I have one. So we need to be able to have courage, as we found in this episode, to do our part to have a successful disagreement. So this quote is by Jackson Brown Jr. Never resist a temporary inconvenience if it results in a permanent improvement. Here's to all of your next disagreements being a permanent improvement. See you next time on Two Two of of a a Kind. Kind.